everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Sponsored by Meineke, Sanko, and Bud Light. It's time to release the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll on the Rockin' Pregame. All right, college basketball is inching toward March. And once again, we have our rocketologist from the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll joined by analytics consultant from Haslametrics.com, Eric Haslam, also founder of the ACC Basketball Report, Michael Hunter, and Rockin' 25 voter, Tony Patelis returning to the show. Which game in the last week showed you something that changed your view about Selection Sunday approaching swiftly? Well, the only thing I really have to say is uh, roll tide, baby. I, uh, I stopped by Bama <laughs> over the last few weeks. I mentioned the game against Baylor probably about a month ago as the game that was coming up this season that I was really looking forward to this year. I stuck by Bama. They went in. They got that huge win at home over Baylor. Of course, they promptly followed it up by a bit of a letdown against their arch nemesis in, in Auburn. But overall, you know, I think that win is something that solidifies them as one of the top maybe 15, 20 teams in the nation. The only problem is they have to string together a couple of nice performances before we start to reward them with a ranking in our poll. I think the biggest thing for me right now in this season is that really anybody in the poll can lose to anyone else in roughly the top 35 or 40 which, which feels kind of cliche, but it really wasn't that case as recently as last season when we had two real clear-cut teams that were atop the standings for most of the season. I feel like right now there's about a dozen national championship contenders, and that's kind of reflected on in our rankings this week. You know, we have Villanova at 13. We have Illinois at 14. Those two teams are absolutely national title contenders. I think it's going to be an incredibly insane tournament this year that I'm really looking forward to. You know, I would say that there's probably two games I think of. It's probably LSU losing at TCU on Saturday, then losing at home to Ole Miss on Tuesday. Ole Miss, that's a team that I have rated somewhere in the 90 to 100 range. Will Wade has to figure something out. The Tigers just have not performed up to par lately. Granted, they started the season red hot. They created a solid foundation for themselves, but now they've had six straight games with negative game ratings at my site. That's versus the analytical expectation. And LSU has had their issues offensively this year. We've talked about that before. They're right around number 100 in offensive efficiency. That's not great for an SEC team. But their defense at least was elite for the long time, for a long, long time, up until these last two games. And looking at the data before a game goes analytically final, in their first 20 games, the adjusted defensive efficiency for LSU was below one point per possession in every single game. Never once did they give up more than a point per possession or more. In those last two games I just mentioned, their adjusted defensive efficiency was roughly about 1.12 points per possession in each contest. That is not great. I think LSU is really kind of struggling right now. They need a tourniquet of sorts to stop the bleeding because at this rate, they're fading fast. And they're slipping down those seed lines in the bracketology projections. Most recently, they slipped down to the five line for me. Yeah, I think the other thing about LSU is 215th in the nation in three-point shooting. They're also past 200 in a, uh, the experience metric as well. A lot of sophomores, a lot of freshmen on this team, those guys may be hitting the wall as we get kind of late into the season. 
Well, let's release the Rockin' 25 poll for this week. Auburn, with nine number one votes, is number one. Gonzaga holding second by one point with four number one votes. Kentucky, after their 18-point victory against Kansas, jumps into the top five and third with a number one vote. UCLA and Purdue round out the top five. Michael, Kentucky's on a roll and screaming up the top 25. What's the 4-1-1 on them? Four and one is that they're good, and apart from maybe Auburn, which is the best team in the country, the Wildcats are arguably the hottest team in the nation. You know, you think about Big Blue Nation has lost to this season Duke, Notre Dame, in South Bend. Fighting Irish have actually been pretty impressive this season after some real letdown years. Recently, LSU and Auburn, when LSU was was very good when they were rolling, as Eric just stated. You know, there's not a bad loss in that bunch. Up until a couple weeks ago, you could point out to who they've beaten, which was really nobody. But since January 15th, they've defeated Tennessee, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Kansas. Oscar Shibwe is an All-American, putting up 16 and 15 this season, one of the most dominant big men in the entire country. And Kellen Grady's averaged about 16 points a game and shooting 48% from deep, while Ty Ty Washington seemingly hit the freshman wall over the last three games. You know, if this team is this good while Washington is struggling, which he's one of the best freshmen in the entire nation, then imagine how good they're going to become tournament time when he probably gets his second win and this Kentucky team recovers and is firing on all cylinders. You know, Severe Wheeler, a little bit dinged up lately. If he can get healthy and they can get Ty Ty Washington back on track, this team's a real contender for the national championship. Well, 6-13 of the Rockin' 25 has Baylor struggling at 6, Houston gliding through the Americans at 7, Duke, Kansas and Arizona wrap up the top 10. Eric, Houston is gliding and they don't have a single tier one win yet, yet they are number two in the net. What does the analytics say about the Cougars? Well, despite their lack of big wins, the analytics say they're holding firm and they're a top 10 team, something that I honestly didn't think they'd be at this point if you asked me maybe a month ago. And the reason for that, as we've discussed many times before, were the, uh, the season-ending injuries to Marcus Sasser and, and Tremont Mark, who combined for almost 28 points per game this season. Those injuries made the future, I wouldn't say it would have made it bleak, but it made it not as rosy for the Cougars. But to their credit, they've continued to, to chug along. They went undefeated throughout the entire month of January. And that, again, is a credit to Kelvin Sampson, who still has Houston in the top 12 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. That's the kind of balance that makes championship teams. The team is number one in field goal attempt rate. They get the most out of every time they touch the basketball. And on D, they're frankly elite. Number 11 in defensive field goal percentage. They really force the opposition to chuck the long ball, preferably under duress. And it's also a credit to the team's depth, being able to withstand those big injuries and still produce with upperclassmen leadership like Kyler Edwards, who's averaging a team-high 14, 15 points a game. Big guys like Josh Carlton with Fabian White and Reggie Chaney. Now, in the long run, will those injuries and will that change in depth affect the team going forward, especially against teams from a conference better than the American. You know, we talked about their lack of big wins. They're 0-2 versus Quadrant 1. You know, that remains to be seen. But in my humble opinion, Houston has outperformed the expectations, especially after the injury bug bit them in December. All right, exclusive to the Rockin' pregame. It is the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll with our Rocketologist Michael Hunter, Eric Haslam, and Tony Patelis. The middle five of the Rockin' 25 has Texas Tech at 11 this week. Wisconsin down five to number 12. Villanova checks in at 13. Illinois jumping up to 14. And Michigan State falling one spot down to 15. Gentlemen, as we get closer to the finish line, the top 15 are pulling away in votes. Which of the top 15 teams won't be in the final four? Probably have to go with Villanova. Um, you know, Jay Wright is probably a top 5, 10 coach in college basketball. 
But this year's team, I think they have a little bit too many flaws. You know, they've been up and down all year. I think his coaching certainly, you know, you know, ups their level of play in a lot of these games. But I just don't think they have the depth this year. Their size is a problem. So I would probably have to go with Villanova for with a team that's not going to be in that Final Four. I don't know if they can make that type of run uh, with the roster they have this season. You know, like I said earlier, I would go with all of them to be contenders for the Final Four, probably up to 14, I would say, where Illinois is. If I had to call the herd a little bit, I'd eliminate Wisconsin simply due to their heavy reliance on Johnny Davis. I know he's got a solid supporting cast. You know, Brad Davidson's a fantastic defensive player, can, you know, shoot the three fairly well as well. Tyler Wall coming back was big in their most recent game. But I just tend to fade teams that have that star and little supporting cast after. I don't mean that to, to diminish the skills of the of the surrounding cast at Wisconsin, but I don't see anybody else in that supporting cast that if Johnny Davis puts up a, a one-for-seven night that Wisconsin's going to be able to overcome that. I'll go ahead and flip my opinion and go against myself on the second choice and go against uh, Michigan State as well due to their lack of a star power. So the Spartans have a bunch of nice players, but a lack of a go-to guy that you can maybe put in an isolation play and he can go get a bucket for you. I like Gabe Brown. I like Malik Hall. I like Marcus Bingham. But, you know, they're, they're great stingy guys defensively. Michigan State's a great defensive team, which is probably, probably have a little bit of success in the tournament. I think they do everything pretty well. But I'm thinking a Sweet 16 appearance is probably their ceiling as far as tournament time goes. You know, it's funny that Michael mentions that. You know, I'm a Wisconsin fan just outside of Madison here in Big Ten country. But he picked out two teams that I would have picked the exact same two teams, and that's Wisconsin and Michigan State as the teams that I probably wouldn't put in that club. The analytics, specifically the performance rankings, consider both of those teams to be less of a power than what their record quality implies. That's telling me that they're more right for an upset than the others. But because I looked at my own rankings earlier today, and there's almost this breaking point in the rankings where, in my opinion, the first tier ends and the second tier starts. And the first tier consists of Final Four contenders. The second tier, eh, not so much in my opinion. And, and if you look at the last three teams in the top tier per my own rankings, it's Texas Tech, it's UCLA, and it's Illinois. If you told me that any of those teams made it to New Orleans, I would not be shocked for a minute. Even UCLA, who has finally earned the respect of the analytics, is in that group. Then you look at the next three teams, which will be the first three teams in the second tier. That's Tennessee, that's Indiana, and that's Texas. That's where I really start having my doubts. So, in my own opinion, there were about a baker's dozen number of teams out there that on paper have the potential to run the table in March. We'll see if I'm right or not in the long term. If I had to go one more just on my gut, I would say Arizona. Just... Just on gut alone, that, that there's no real reason for it. It's just, it feels like an upset come turn well, they, time. They, they came out of the gates really hot. You wonder if going to be due for some sort of correction. That's right. Well, 16 through 20 of the Rockin' 25 college basketball poll. Providence is up 1 to 16. Ohio State down 1 to 17. Xavier flying up six slots to number 18. Tennessee is 19. Marquette 20. Michael, which team are you going to jinx from these five this week? I'm going to go with Providence. <laughs> uh, they're just, that was such a great game in that win over Marquette the other night. That arena was rocking. And the play by Nate Watson towards the end of the game was just was phenomenal. It was a man-sized play. It got everybody amped. Twitter went crazy. It was one of the, the funner moments so far for college basketball for me on the season to see how people from all across the country kind of reacted to that play in that game in the Big East. So, but as much as Ed Cooley may love Al Durham, um, he just really isn't efficient enough for me to get really behind him. However, like I said, I love Nate Watson. 
I think he's one of the most underrated big men in the entire nation. Jared Bynum kind of has a flair for the dramatic, which I like. You know, they also have tremendous role players in Justin Maniah, who's a tremendous defensive player, and Noah Hertzler, who is a fantastic rebound. The Friars visit a bad Georgetown team next. Then they host DePaul and Villanova. They have an opportunity to put some really nice wins on the board over the next four weeks with four of their seven games coming at home where they're a perfect 13-0 on the season. So I think Providence has the ability to really move up uh, both metrically and in the standings and put themselves maybe on that three-line, four-line area. But uh, they got some work to do. Fortunately for them, a lot of their games are going to come at home. So I, I like Providence moving forward. It is such an incredible gap between their record quality and their performance ranking right now. Their record quality for me is three. Um, their, their performance ranking is in the low 60s. It's just such an incredible gap. And that's what happens when if you look at their last five games. You got an eight-point home win over number 169 Georgetown. You got a seven-point home win over number 158 Butler. You know, you're beating St. John's number 89 by four points. And, you know, they do have the wins over there. They beat Xavier by three. They beat Marquette by two. It's a team that just finds a way to win. It's very frustrating for the analytics because typically teams like Providence, who are allegedly top 25, are blowing out teams. They even mediocre teams. They're getting games in there where they're beating teams by 25 or 30. Providence just doesn't seem to do that. And that's frustrating because a lot of people are pointing the finger at the analytics saying, see, they don't know what they're doing. But they're not giving you an indication that they have that fingerprint of an elite team. They do find ways to win. I, I can't deny that. But at this point, it's really hard for me to get behind the Friars. All right. The final five, the Rockin' 25, has USC at 21, UConn at 22, Boise State at 23, Murray State at 24, while LSU slides down to 25. Tony, we give a lot of hell to USC, but is Trojan Fury the team to watch in the Pac-12? Well, they certainly are, I think, the sleeper team in the Pac-12. You know, Arizona and UCLA get most of the attention, but, you know, UCLA sitting at 18-3. and three. Um, What I like about this club is their experience. You know, their top five, six guys are all juniors and seniors. Um, they're a solid defensive team, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They have a star in Isaiah Mobley. So, you know, they're kind of the forgotten team, like I said. You know, they're, they're, they're certainly ranked in uh, – you know, they're going to be a, a, a lock NCAA tournament team, but I think they're the team to kind of, you know, keep your eyes open at with the Pac-12. You know, Arizona and UCLA are going to be one, two seeds, but, uh, you know, USC is a solid club that could sneak into the tournament and definitely make it to the second weekend. All right, other teams receiving votes this week. Alabama, Arkansas, Davidson, Indiana, Iowa State, Loyola, Chicago, Miami, North Carolina, St. Mary's, also Texas, Wyoming, and, uh, Eric, what analytic facts are interesting you as the season is starting to come to an end? You know, I would just say probably like just the overall conference rankings, which I compile and tweet out every so often. Using my own rankings, what I do is I take the top five ranked team in each conference, the middle five teams and the bottom five teams, and then you average out those three to arrive at a final result. As of this past Monday, the Big 12 stands alone, number one. The Big Ten is solidly behind them. And then you kind of have these pairings of conferences. But fighting for third is the SEC and the Big East. There are different conferences. There's much more parity in the Big East. The SEC is much more of a top-heavy, bottom-heavy conference. We talked about the great teams in the SEC. At the bottom, you have the Georgias, the Ole Misses, and the Vanderbilts, and the Missouris. When you talk about teams that are fighting for fifth, the ACC and the Pac-12 are very closely matched when you're fighting for seventh. The Mountain West and the American are very closely matched. It's very interesting to see that the, the Atlantic 10 
who was once arguably the first best conference outside the power conferences, they're not even a top 10 conference anymore. They're behind the Missouri Valley. They're behind the West Coast Conference. Of data doesn't really make a ton of difference in the big scheme of things, but people still like to debate conference strength. And when you break it down in the manner I did, it's very interesting to see where all the chips land this year. Probably most of all, I would say the most interesting thing is probably how the ACC continues to slide deeper and deeper with each passing season. That's one of the things that is a talking point for a lot of people, and it just continues to happen time and time again. And it's going to continue to get worse as these coaches continue to retire from the ACC. You know, when Mike Bray and Jim Beheim and some of these other guys leave, ACC is going to continue to slide. Well, it's the Rockin' 25 College Basketball Poll with our Rocketologists Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Tony Patelis. Fellas, which game is the one you have to watch out for the next week? Well, my site rates the games based on a number of factors from a zero-star to four-star. Obviously, you have a couple four-star games on Saturday. That's Baylor at Kansas. That's Duke at North Carolina. But another, you know, kind of similar to last week, another under-the-radar game to watch out for. I talked about Colorado State and Wyoming last week. That was a great one. Well, we're going back to Wyoming this Tuesday. The Cowboys host Utah State, who is a top-30 team at Haslametrics.com. Wyoming, in my opinion, has played their way into the NCAA tournament for the moment, maybe even as an at-large by beating Colorado State. Utah State is going to provide a stiff test for them. It's a very well-balanced unit, competent on both ends of the floor. The analytics actually have Utah State projected to win that matchup by less than half a point. So we saw Wyoming and Colorado State go to overtime last week. We might be looking at some more overtime here based on the game projection. Yeah, for me, I'm going to get a two-for-one this week when I go with Michigan and Purdue. They're going to go home-and-home this week on Saturday and Thursday. And, you know, Michigan is in desperate need of a huge win. Looking at the net rankings heading into the first week of February, I just understand the the formula even less as they have a net ranking of 53, but they're two and seven against quadrant one and twos, and they have a quad three loss. RPI of 66. I guess their strength of schedule is respectable at uh, 29 overall, but you know five and five in their last 10. They're going to get a couple cracks at Purdue. I definitely don't expect them to win in La- West Lafayette, but they need to win this game at the Chrysler Center to kind of get their mojo back and get them where we all expected them to be coming into the season. So uh, maybe not high on uh, on Haslam star rating, but uh, <laughs> I think it should be a great game because because Michigan really needs to get one of these wins if they get swept. It's going to be very difficult for them coming down the road because their schedule is not easy coming down the stretch. game I'm going to watch, I'm going to look forward to is Kansas and Baylor. Um, Baylor is a team that I think a lot of people just kind of forget about for some reason. And if you look at what's going on with that roster right now, they're banged up. They've, they've been missing you know, key players. Uh, so if they, get, if they get healthy, this is one of the top three, four teams in the country, a team that could win the national title. I think people are somewhat sleeping on them, and they just aren't, you know, putting into the factor that they're, you know, an injury plague team right now. But when when Baylor is healthy and clicking, this is a team that could easily go all the way again and repeat, which which would be a pretty cool thing to see because we don't see that very often in college basketball. So, Baylor Kansas is definitely a game I'm looking forward to, if Baylor is healthy. All right, where can uh, people find your work? Find me on Twitter at the CBBIQ as well as at ACCBR1 as well as some of my written articles at basketballarticles.com and some wagering previews at spookyexpress.com. I'm still on Twitter, at Tony Patelis. Um, I basically, you know, talk about college basketball and uh, try to add some humor into it. So if you want to catch me, um, it's at Tony Patelis. My last name is P-A-T-E-L-I-S. 
And as always, people can find my ratings, my rankings, my projections, my bracketology over at Haslametrics.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter going hashtag analytically final at, at Haslametrics. We're getting closer to the madness. Our thanks to the Rockin' 25 voters, Eric Haslam, Michael Hunter, and Tony Patelis for breaking down the analytics and the teams. The Rockin' 25 college basketball poll, always available at 101thebeard.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, you know, Pete, Jeff, in a world. I sound like you. Um, yeah, we sound a lot alike. Yeah. We both sound yeah, like. We sound uh, alike. Yes, you, do, you don't you know? sing as much as he does. Though. No, I don't. I, I don't uh, bust out into mercifully. Why didn't appreciate much, but... that at all? No, I, I didn't. That's disappointing. <laughs> That's disappointing. You know, you've had some good ones. Hip hop hooray. In right. fact, it looks like uh, Jarrett's about ready to punch you. I'm just saying. I think he, I think he looks close. That's a, very close. That's a little aggressive. I don't know about well, that. I don't know. It's, it's that look in your eye that you have when you look at him with it was more indignation. Disappointment, just, yeah, yeah, than like anger. Like. <laughs> He's All looking right. more and more like a dog to me. <laughs> oh, what about a nun? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, rocking twenty-five in the books for today, and then uh, coming that dog up. Will bite you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. Coming up uh, next, it is a rocking interview. Uh, four-star commit Drew Steffi and his dad Matt joining the uh, rocking pregame, and uh, you know, t- talking about uh, a little bit of his recruitment and things they you know like about Tech and what they see happening. Is it, Probably be very interesting. They here, sent so. uh, some pizza and food out to what was it, Raiderville? Oh, the kids yeah, that okay, were camping yeah. out. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that Raiderville man. It's nice to see that come back. Um, uh, but yeah, as far as uh, food, hey, you mentioned food here. At Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> where we're at today, here on West 82nd and Bramfield Highway, and uh, come out here today, get you some wings, get you an icy cold one, and celebrate uh, that the sun has come out today. And uh, all is right in the world, right? Sun's How up. How about that? That's right. Sun's up. Guns up. So uh, come by Buffalo Wild Wings. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.5.